be really honest with you, when the preaching team, which I'm a part of, when the preaching team was talking about this back in early spring, we were kind of coming out of the winter, and uh, we were talking about this in early spring, and we were thinking, like, is this going to work? Does anyone really want to talk about TikTok? (laughs) Other than me? Um, Does anyone really, really want to get like a a sermon that kind of comes out of a movie? Is that like, is that something that's just kind of like annoying? Like, oh, it's summer and the sermon series are always a little bit weird. (laughs) You know, like, but I don't know about you, but I have been um, provoked, I think is the right word. Provoked to think about things in a different way. I might be the only person in this audience who still hasn't seen the new Top Gun, Um, but I've, uh, okay, thank you. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, But just Carl's passion made me want to see a movie that I have no desire to see. (laughs) So, So maybe that's been it for you. Maybe you've never been interested in TikTok or maybe social media to you is anathema, but you have, uh, you have maybe re-looked at it, re-evaluated it, uh, because someone up here got up and talked uh, to you about it. Um, and, and so today we're continuing in this sermon series on uh, Under the Sun, popular culture uh, and biblical wisdom. It's a weird combo, isn't it? It's a weird combo, but I think it's working. I think it's working. That's the value of a preaching team as opposed to the head pastor being like, okay, now this week, what am I doing? Okay? So that's why we do that. So today we're going to talk about where do you get your information? Where do you get your information? And I forgot the slide clicker thingy, so I'm going to rely heavily on the booth in the back. But where do you get your information? I'm going to talk about information. This is a topic near and dear to my heart as a teacher, um, but I don't know about you, but I'm super annoyed by how many places we get our information from. Anybody else feel that? Where do you get your information? And if I were to tell you where I get my information, you would immediately create a profile of me, (laughs) my politics, right, my interests, uh, which amendment rights I'm really into, right, just if I told you where I get my information from. So I want you to think right now, where do you get your information? Notice that I'm not using the word knowledge judicious choice. I'm asking you, where do you get your information? So I've got some icons for you to look at. This is a sample. This is a sample. Where do you get your information? Take a look. Which quadrant of the slide do you put yourself in? Okay. Um, Just looking at these symbols, these icons, 
I'm already ticked. Like, low hum ticked that, at some of these graphics, just because of what they represent. Oh, oh, Rebecca, what are you? Oh, let's have that conversation on the lunch on the lawn. By the way, I will not be here for lunch on the lawn. I also made a judicious choice about that because I do not want to talk about this sermon with you today. <laughs> So I planned some things with my kids this afternoon and strategic exit, okay? So full disclosure on that. Uh, I want to show the next slide, and you really won't be able to see um, unless you have really good eyes, but uh, The Economist did a big study in the spring, and uh, they looked at this question, where do people get their information? And then they broke it down. And the darker the bubble, so like the darker the red, the older you are, I felt like that was discriminatory, but whatever. Uh, The lighter the color, so the lightest color is that little like light peachy pink color, those are the under 30 people. The uh, sort of darker red and the super dark red are the 45 and and plus, okay? Uh, But if you look at this, here's the analysis. Uh, Americans 45 and older are more likely to get their news from broadcast TV news, cable news, or their affiliated website. And if you go into the study, what that means is that people 45 years and older are still going back to the news venues that were available to them as children, young adults, and so forth. Okay, do you see that? Americans 30 and younger are more likely to get their news from a variety of media platforms associated with social media, such as Twitter, TikTok, the devil that is Reddit, and YouTube. Okay? Uh, What that really means, what that really is saying is uh, they didn't grow up on cable television as we did, other than going to Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel. But instead, they grew up and formed themselves on news associated uh, and delivered by their phone. So you might be sitting there going, well, what about the 30 to 45-year-olds, Rebecca? That's where I am. Uh, Y'all are confused. (laughs) You don't know where to go. Um, And there's a whole study on 30 to 45-year-olds because you you don't know who to trust and your levels of suspicion are deep and you kind of have this attitude like, eh, someone else will tell me. So, So where do you get your information? Where do you fit? So you might sit there and go, well, Rebecca, I also get my information from my phone, whatever's available to me from my phone. Yes, but is an app called BBC News? Is it an app called MSNBC? So, so where you get your news is a real big part of what we're experiencing in our pop culture today, because where you're consuming your news is (coughs) influencing your view of this world. So I have, do you see why I don't want to have this conversation with you? Do you see where we're going? 
Okay. Um, and then I'm going to ask this question after just posting all of this. How reliable is your source? I, I, didn't, I didn't go full send and ask you how truthful is your source. Because good luck with that. How reliable is your source? How can you even tell? How can you even know? So we're taking a look at this conversation, and we're going to go to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, to the very last section of the book of Ecclesiastes. I don't know if you can tell, but I kind of fell in love with Ecclesiastes for this sermon series. And, I, and no one else is really referring to Ecclesiastes, none of the other preachers. And so I'm really happy I have it all to myself. Um, Ecclesiastes 12, 9 through 10, the very last passage, the last section of the book of Ecclesiastes says, not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. Who's speaking here? The one speaking here is the narrator. Commentaries will say that most likely this is a narrator who has a son. And he's raising his son on wisdom. And so he's trying to convince his son to embrace wisdom and not information. Look at what he says about the teacher. Now, I've preached two sermons in this sermon series that had to do with the teacher and what the teacher said. But today we're going to look at the very first recorded in biblical history fact checker. And this fact checker is giving us a little review of the quality and reliability of the source, the teacher of Ecclesiastes. And look at the claims that he makes about the teacher. The teacher is wise. The teacher imparts knowledge, not just information, knowledge. And look at how he describes the process he pondered, he chewed, he sat with it, he dwelled in it, he marinated in it. And then if there were any gaps, he searched out to fill in those gaps with truth. But he didn't just leave it there, right? Because he's a teacher. He's going to set it in order. He's going to create some curriculum. He's going to put it together. He's going to have an articulation calendar. And some of you are like, what is she talking about? And all the teachers are in the room are like, no, don't talk about those. We're almost starting. Okay. He's going he's gonna to give you the scope and sequence of his wisdom. But here's the thing. And this is an astonishing claim. What he wrote was upright and true. If we were to apply the filter 
of upright and true. How many of those little symbols would come falling down, crashing to the ground? Upright and true. I don't know about you, but I feel really, really stressed out about the amount of information that comes at me every day. And nothing highlighted that, like the COVID pandemic information. And as a teacher, every day I'd walk into school and go, what's the policy today? Didn't know. You felt so yanked around. What, depending on what, which source my administrators were paying attention to, and we were cast about every which way. So here's what I want to talk about with you. So not only who is your source, but I want to talk about what is your source talking about? What is your source talking about? Right now, who are the people you're listening to? Who are those people that are speaking in to your mind? What fruit is that producing in your heart? Um, I'm going to put up a picture of someone that is going to create immediate division in this congregation. I'm just, we're just going to do it. Show of hands, how many of you know who Joe Rogan is? Okay. Some of you don't know. So I'm not going to do the same mistake I did with my TikTok sermon. I'm going to tell you who Joe Rogan is. Okay? Joe Rogan used to be the host of silly reality TV shows. You can tell I'm already beginning to form opinions. Um, Joe Rogan, in 2009, jumped on the podcast bandwagon. And uh, he started in 2009 a podcast called The Joe Rogan Experience. 2009, podcasting was in its infancy. And uh, show of hands, how many of you do regularly listen to a podcast, not necessarily Joe Rogan's podcast, but a podcast. Raise your hand if you regularly listen to a podcast. Okay, okay. All right, so um, the podcast world is like, it, it, it's not news. It's not a documentary. It's this weird other thing. And when we first were talking about uh, biblical wisdom and pop culture sermon series, the, the whole Joe Rogan Spotify story blew up, if you know what I'm talking about. Artist, singer, Neil Young, um, he, he basically told Spotify, I'm pulling my music out of Spotify. If you don't know what Spotify is, Spotify is a music streaming service. He's like, Neil Young was like, I'm going to pull my music out of Spotify because I am protesting 
what was said on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast regarding COVID vaccines. And people jumped on that, other artists as well, and they pulled their music out of Spotify, uh, hoping to pressure Spotify to cancel the podcast. I am not going to talk to you about what they should have done, could have done, but what I am going to tell you is that Joe Rogan, on average, each episode, on average, 11 million listeners. Who is your source? And what is your source talking about? Joe Rogan talks about everything from UFOs to politics to health information Conspiracy theories, chit-chats with comedians that last three hours. His average episode um, averages three hours. That's a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk. And he's not alone. He happens to have the most listened to podcast in America. The second most listened to podcast in America flips back and forth between a true crime podcast and a news podcast. We are, we are in, living in, a, in an age where we can reach out and pull any kind of information and streamline it straight into the veins. This has never been true in the history of this world. I feel like we should have a sermon about it, and I just wish I wasn't the one that had to preach on it. <laughs> we are, we, here's my point. We live in a world with so much information, yet with so little wisdom. Like, come on, that was like an, an amen, preach it girl, let's keep going. Take your time. Like last week I was like, oh man, I gotta follow him. Shoot. Okay? Thank you. We live in a world, we, we live in a world with so much information so much information, I'm still not using the word knowledge, so much information, so little wisdom. This thing gives us access to so much information, but it does not help me understand what to do with it. And so Ecclesiastes tells us what wisdom does. It says in Ecclesiastes 12, 11 to 12, the words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, says the narrator, of anything in addition to them of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Goad. 
Wisdom is like a goad. And I got a picture of a goad for you. And a hilarious definition from the Cambridge Dictionary. To make a person or an animal react or do something by continuously annoying or upsetting them. (laughs) Is that not the best definition of a goad? Goad. A goad was a stick with a sharp point at the end. And you would get your cattle to move in a... And they all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I want to eat this grass. And the farmer was like, poke, nope, oh, all right. A goad. As a teacher, I would love to have a goad, but it's illegal. <laughs> but I would love to. I would love to have a goad. To make a person or an animal react or do something by continuously annoying or upsetting them. Here's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom often is super inconvenient to our personal selfishness. Wisdom, as opposed to information, changes us. It makes us behave in a different way. I don't know about you, but have you ever, ever, ever read the Word of God and it told you to do something you really didn't want to do? Like you, mm, thanks for the hand raise. Did you, have you ever, ever, ever been like, I got a plan to get back at this person? And then like in your brain, the Holy Spirit's like, love your enemy. You want to like go to bat with the word? It's a goad. Provokes you. If the word of God does not provoke you, I don't know what word you're reading. It should frustrate you. It should make you upset. Because the word of God doesn't have to tell us how to live selfish lives. We do that quite naturally. The word of God has to tell us how to submit to the ways of the Lord and how to become more Christ-like. And that, my friends, does not come naturally. And so we need a stick with a little pointer on it, a little, come on, come on, come on, come on. (sighs) The words of the wise, if we could go back to that passage, the next slide. The words of the wise are like golds. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails. And we have, you and I, one shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, verse 12. If you're a teacher, you get this every time around midterms or finals. Mrs. Sutton, do you know there's this verse about how too much study wearies the body? And aren't you a Bible teacher? Don't you think we should obey this verse? Look, two hours studying for my test is not wearisome. (laughs) That's like bare bones minimum. Right? But here, here's, here's what I do know is true. The, the narrator acknowledges, because probably his son is complaining. And I'm a lot like his son. Much study does weary the body. Whether you're studying as an apprentice to learn a skill and a trade, or whether you're working on your PhD, Much study wearies the body. 
And if you are a person who studies, and maybe you're not in school, but you're a person who feels like knowledge is important, and so you find yourself kind of in this holding pattern, if I could just know a little bit more, then I'll take action. If I could just know a little bit more, then I'll make that change in my life. If I could just get one more opinion, I would know what to do. And we just stay in this hover pattern, and that is exhausting. We all have fatigue. And so if this is true about knowledge and wisdom, which is good for us, I can't imagine how fatigued you feel about just plain old information. So why does this matter, Rebecca? What are we supposed to do then, Rebecca? Not watch the news? What are we supposed to do? What really matters? It's the very last, very last two verses of Ecclesiastes. It's not the author who's speaking the author of Ecclesiastes, it's the narrator who speaks, and he's going to impart his wisdom. You see, because he sees a problem with having too much information that we just don't do anything about. So in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14, he says, now all has been heard. All. My son, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. In other words, I'm going to boil it down for you, kiddo. Mrs. Sutton, how many words do I need to write on this answer? I'm going to boil it down for you, kiddo. Here's what matters. God matters. Not what CNN is telling you. Not what your podcast is telling you. Not what Joe Rogan's telling you. Not what... Oh, gosh, I could name names, but I don't want to expose everybody. Here's what matters. Fear God and obey his commandments. Keep them. Keep his commandments. Keep them. Be faithful to them. For this is, and the word duty there is implied. It's not actually in the text. For this is for every human being. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So you have all this information coming at you, and you don't know if this information, how reliable it is. You're doing your best, right? You're you're, you're just trying real hard to be an intelligent human being, processing But here's what really matters, and it's the principle of the entire book of Ecclesiastes. Even when it comes to your information, even when it comes to the sources of truth that you use in your life, what really matters is is that what's below the sun is lived in submission to the one who is above the sun. And this, every single sermon... This, this whole series has had this principle. Whether it's been the concept of justice, vengeance, like in Top Gun, issues of violence, patriotism, maybe even last Sunday, um, the remembrance of the hard times and how God has been faithful to you and with you. 
Even when we talk about TikTok, friendship, social media, what's below the sun, as Christians, as God's people, has to be lived out in submission to the one who is above the sun. And I'm going to tell you, every single part of your below-the-sun life is included in this principle. You don't, you, don't, you don't get to be like, but not my YouTube channel. Not my favorite haranguer that I listen to and really enjoy his acerbic wit. Everything, everything must be lived out in submission to the one who is above the sun because at the end of the day, he will take all our deeds into account. All our deeds. Because I guarantee you what you're listening to, what you're reading, is shaping you. It's forming you in some way. We're a disciple of something. So it's time to make your move. Yep, there we go. 30 minutes. Time to make my move. Time to make your move. And here's the thing. The potential of making the wrong move after listening to this sermon is really, really huge. Here's potential number one. Potential number one is, well, I guess I'm just going to listen to Christian radio and read my Bible. And so we're going to be like virtuous ignorance? Okay, look, uh, this world today, America right now, does not need ignorant Christians. Please, 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 okay? We got some elections coming up. You need to know what's going on. You need to know what's what. Your children, your children, your grandchildren desperately need you to stay engaged in this culture. Please do not abandon your kids and grandchildren to the crazy, crazy, crazy that is out there. Please, please stay informed. Have some wisdom to offer your children and grandchildren. There... Please, no, no ignorant Christians. Let's not make ignorance a virtue. Okay? So that's false move number one. False move number two is, well, then I'm just going to be like the teacher. I'm just going to, like, acquire all the knowledge, and I'm just going to get all this information, and then I, with all my information, will take on the role of the Holy Spirit in the lives of my acquaintances and loved ones and tell them how they should think if they're real Christians. False move number two. Two. Please, 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 let's avoid the extremes. Instead, instead, um... You know, I once heard that wisdom is the virtuous application of knowledge. 
wisdom is the virtuous application of knowledge. Can we be people who do what's godly? Can we be people who live out as best we can under the sun the values, the desires, the principles of the kingdom of God, of the one who's above the sun? So the answer is not to bury your head, nor is your answer to crown your head. Your, your answer is to live in submission with the information that is provided to you, with the knowledge that you are gaining and receiving, so that others will benefit. Take the example of the teacher who, after he spent the time gaining the wisdom, he then organized it to share the wisdom, but not as the know-it-all, not as the standard of Christian righteousness, but the one who truly has your best interest in mind. And so my challenge to you, my challenge to you is to take a look at what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're paying attention to, and ask yourself, am I living in submission to that? And I'll end with one example. I'm late to the podcast game. But I was talking with a friend about how uncomfortable I was um, with, with, uh, with a Christian university. And he says to me, oh my gosh, Rebecca, you have to listen to the podcast called Gangster Capitalism, season three. I was like, oh. So, all right, let me go listen to that. And I started with, this is really good information, I should know this information. I should be aware of this information. And then like episode four, I'm like, we're officially now no longer being educated and now I'm just enjoying some really delicious gossip. And the podcast went from helpful to cruel. But I had to discern that. You see, because the problem with gossip is that it's like sweet and low. It's delicious going, like when it first hits the tongue, but then it leaves that weird taste in your mouth. Information is like that. Sometimes it feels really sweet, be it a podcast, a news article, and sometimes you've got to use your spirit-given discernment to figure out when to skip and when to, hang on, let me, let me think about that. What's the right thing? There's no easy answer. So don't hunt me down. Okay? Don't hunt me down. But you are being shaped and formed by what's coming at you, by what you're letting in. So I'm going to end with our preacher from last week, Maurice Cox. He, uh, he had this, he had this uh, sentence in his sermon that I was like, sweet. 
He says, it's not a podcast that will get you through. It's not a book that will get you through. It's Jesus. I'm going to leave it on that note. It's a good note. Let's end with Jesus. Father above, what a complicated topic, what a complicated world we live in. And yet, for you, there's nothing new under the sun. Only for us. And Lord, we need your help to navigate this world under the sun. It's complicated. It's overwhelming. And Holy Spirit, we need you to do the work of guiding us to the truth, to remind us of Jesus, to call us to repentance. And so, Lord, as we do look at pop culture, as we on the daily experience pop culture in its various ways, help us, help us in every way to submit ourselves to you who is above all of this. Amen.